Welcome to another edition of In a World Podcast with your host, Mary Wynn. And uh, today, we had a sh- good run, Adam, of like good movies that we watched. Yeah. yeah. And then now we've run into another terrible film. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is a good, it's a good one. It's okay. good. Okay. Well, today, <laughs> we have our guest in today, of course, like every other episode. And today's guest is Justin Hook. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank Sorry you. Sorry for bringing the bad movie. <laughs> no, no, it was great. Like, I hadn't seen it. I thought it was going to be good. Oh man, yeah. It's got the director of Wally. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. Got good written all over it. Yeah, like Big you, budget Disney. Yeah, it was a huge budget. So like a little he- <laughs> boy was it big. <laughs> yeah, it was gargantuan. So a little background. Uh, it was directed by Andrew Stanton, who you were talking about. Directed. He worked at Pixar for. A really long time. Mm-hmm. Like he worked at, he like worked on A Bug's Life as a co-director, and then uh, Finding Nemo and Wally. What you were talking about, and then after John Carter, he basically went back in shame to Pixar. Yeah. Uh, he went on to do like Finding Dory, and then he directed a couple like uh, Stranger Things and Better Call Saul episodes, which was kind of a weird mix for what he's been doing before that. It's become a weird like second career for entertainment types is like yeah. directing TV episodes. Yeah. All of a sudden you'll just see this episode directed by Fred Savage. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what you're doing. Yeah. I think because we were talking about this last or uh, um, two episodes ago with uh, with the Heathers because that one was a bomb film and like the director went on to do all television. He did like Californication and like a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah. People listened to it. It was pretty good. Uh, and we go on to the star of the movie, Taylor Kitsch. The infamous <laughs> Taylor Kitsch. He was, and so, I was talking to somebody, they were like, he was so good in Friday Night Lights. And that's all he's known for, really. Because he's, <laughs> he's kind of been in a couple movies. He was he was Gambit. He was freaking Gambit. He was like the worst Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I feel like he had like a weird accent in that movie. Yeah, he uh-huh. He was in Wolverine, the the first I'm, one. I'm watching Friday Night Lights right now. Oh, really? So I'm going to be impressed with him being in this movie later. <laughs> like, right now, I'm confused why they cast him as the main guy in this movie. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's so strange. They do these things where they try to make certain kind of TV stars into real stars, and he did not become a real star. It, the interesting thing watching Friday Night Lights actually is that you would not guess that Jesse Plemons of all the people on that show would be like the breakout star. Yeah, and get Kirsten Dunst too? Yes. What? What is happening? I mean, it's well deserved. I, I like to see that talent actually uh, means something these days because yeah. he's so talented. Yeah, he's incredibly talented. Watch Fargo. It's the second season, I think he's yeah. in. Yeah, he's great in there. Um, so the other star of the movie is Lynn Collins, who's the female uh, protagonist who sports an English accent so terribly. <laughs> it was unnecessarily. She's not English? No. Oh, my God. Interesting choice. I wonder yeah. who made that choice. Because no one else is English, right? Yeah. Probably because the dad couldn't not do an English accent, maybe. And his was right. like so. Like, well, if I'm his daughter, I might as well. Yeah, she. I wonder if it was like an actor's choice. She was like, I can do an English accent. Like, yeah. Oh man, and she's so she she was actually in Wolverine too, like yes. both films. Yeah, they both starred together there. Yeah. Um, ooh, 
Interesting. Um, so John Carter is actually based on a, a book called A Princess of Mars, the first book of a series. And the series was published in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell. Yeah, there's like some certain science aspects where it's like they were just honestly guessing yeah. for this. There's no logic to any of it at no. all. No, not at all. Um, and so uh, the budget for this film was 306 Point six million dollars. Do you want to guess how much it made? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I know it bombed. I know uh-huh. It's an infamous bomb, but I I bet it still did okay. I bet it made two hundred million. Oh, close. Two hundred eighty four point one oh, million. See, yeah, not bad. So I mean, and I'm pretty sure they're still making money off of Netflix. People wa- hate watching it. And us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're gonna get the inner world. Podcast bump. bump. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, I think uh, even for any like Disney movie, like bomb is sort of a relative term. For, like, mm-hmm. I, do you know what the uh, the highest grossing Meryl Streep movie of all time is? No. Someone just told me this, so if it's wrong, I apologize. But the highest grossing Meryl Streep movie of all time is Mary Poppins Returns. What? Which is a movie that I was not even aware did well at all, but wait, it's a big wait, budget. Was she, was she in, that? in that? Apparently, she's something in it. She's... Oh. Got a small part in it. If she doesn't, I sound crazy right now. But <laughs> okay, uh, producer Adam's yeah. good. Look it up. Look right it up. Now. Yeah. Um. So at this point, we're gonna uh, do our pitches for the our our versions of the film. Um. And I'll go first. I say rewrite the whole thing so it's in because it's based on a book that's from the 1900s. No one read it. No one in this day and age read it. So mm-hmm. just rewrite the whole thing. Keep some al- aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I said to have John Carter as a like Confederate soldier who gets who gets abducted during the war oh. to fight with the, for the Red Martians to try to kill off all these green martians i guess who are the natives of the planet and in doing so and make him as fucking racist as possible because i feel like every time they show this is our second film about a confederate soldier yeah because our first one was john hex or jonah hex Hex, and i was like where's the racism in here (laughs) don't don't humanize a uh, Confederate soldier if you're gonna make him like the main character. Make him a terrible person. Yeah. Um. And so that's my pitch to make transport this Confederate soldier onto Mars and fight against the natives who are green Martians. And then in that doing so, he learns a valuable lesson about uh, equality. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yes. Yeah. Tie it back yes. to the Civil War. Yes. But yes, what's your pitch, Justin? That's very similar to what mine is. Uh, I had my my major beef with this movie is you read the description of it and it starts out with like a Civil War captain, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are zero scenes in the movie that take place in the Civil War. I don't think you ever even see him in a Civil War uniform. Nope. And that's crazy. If you're going to set a movie in Civil War times, make the whole, the whole ha- first act of the movie should be like Civil War. Yeah. Problem number two with this movie is there's John Carter has no opinions whatsoever Not in the entire movie. He never has a stance or take on anything. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of that is uh, that we don't know anything about his his past. We don't know what happened with him in the Civil War. We knew he was captain and that he's not in the Civil War anymore when mm-hmm. the movie, when the opening events take place. And they're trying to recruit him to fight uh, Indians or mm-hmm. Apaches. And he says... No, but not because of any like moral stance yeah. on it. He's he's like, ah, get, you know, gotta fight somebody, but not today or something. Yeah, something like, uh, like I think 
they were trying to wedge some sort of morality to him where he was like, I'm not going to fight because war is terrible. That was about it. Yeah. And, uh, but it made me wonder, and I don't even think they really acknowledge he's Confederate either, but I, I would love it if even just they, we, we see his civil war past. Mm-hmm. He's fighting with their Confederates. I think that's interesting. But at some point when we see him murdering young boys in, you see the farmer with his slaves in the background cheering him on going like, yeah, you get him. Uh, oh. That he just has like a, uh, like a, a, you know, a epiphany moment. Where he's like, oh, I'm the bad guy. Like, I'm on the wrong side here. And then he goes to Mars. Yeah. So then when he does go to Mars, he's like, now is my redemption story. Oh. I can finally like become fight for the good guys. That is that would be so much better. Yeah. So much better. Way better story arc. It solves character. it solves the third problem for the movie, which is that there's no reason for him to like want to be on Mars. Yeah. Except for <laughs> except for Lil, Lily Collins and her sweet tattoos. Yes. <laughs> and their all their five lines of dialogue together really yes. convince us yes. of their romance. <laughs> Okay, let's get into the the meats and potatoes, if you will, of this movie. By the Um, way, before we get into it, I just looked it up myself, and Meryl Streep is in Mary Poppins. She is, is the highest grossing Meryl Streep movie, which is... She plays Cousin Topsy, which I don't even know what that would be. That is... Didn't see the movie. Yeah. It is... that Okay, well, egg on my face. (laughs) I I am wrong. It's crazy, but these these Disney movies make a lot of money. Yeah. so they thought they could spend a lot on this and get away with it, and yeah. they were wrong. Yes. Okay, so we open on a a light, and then we land on Mars. We learn about the true name of, uh, of Mars, which is Barsoom, which is the worst name Barsoom. In, in the world. I, uh, when they showed the solar system, it was like, clearly, like, somebody was just like, okay, that one starts with a J, uh, that one starts with a B, and now we can make a song that rhymes all those planets together. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it was very strange that there's there's a scene early in the movie, sorry if you're going to get to this, yeah. where uh, at first he can't understand anything anyone's saying, and then they, like, feed him some baby food, yes. and suddenly all, everyone's speaking English. Oh. Mother's milk. Mother's <laughs> milk. Which, I'm like, wait, did the babies start off not being able to speak, and they need English language food? Well, We'll get to but, it, but, but yes. But what I just want to say about that was we have uh, so much ground to, to if, lay. <laughs> if, if you're going to translate every single word into English, yeah, why is it every word except for the words? Earth and Mars. And it becomes a big plot point of like not knowing the word for Earth and Mars. It's like, why is every single word translated except for these two? Mm. Oh my God, Justin. <laughs> You're just unraveling this like sorry, weak, Karen, sorry. a blanket of a movie. Okay. So we learn about how there's two cities that are trying to fight over Mars and its resources. And like, it explains how Mars is so dry and dusty and like terrible to live on. And they and then we were like in the middle of this battle between two cities and there's this like buffoon of an idiot who gets a weapon from these three wise men i suppose who are bald and they like seem alien like because the way they talk and the way they're trying to portray themselves in these robes so i was wondering if they were supposed to be almost like men in black like an allegory to men in black because they're supposed to be the deep state of every country or every planet i suppose yeah yeah. um and it turns like they were saying that they served this goddess and i was like I would love to know about more about this goddess. Like oh, yeah. she seems so interesting. Uh because she wants to give 
that ruler the weapon and promises that he will be the ruler or something. And then we do this confusing cut to 1881. This fucked me up. <laughs> fucked me up. It, I, I'll, I'll let you keep going, but it yeah. fucked me up. We're in London. A man is walking through the rain. He's being chased. And we find out who it is. John Carter, because he has to send a letter out. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Where are we? Mm-hmm. Why Why didn't we stay on Mars? Because that's where the movie is. Um, and then, like, a whole sequence of events transpires, and then it goes, it cuts to Mr. Burroughs, who happens to be John Carter's nephew. Mm-hmm. And there's a, and I was so confused, and I wrote down, there's a dead dude who is related to him, question mark. <laughs> Mr. Burroughs has to go through all of his uncle's stuff. Which is it, the kid from Spy Kids, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. yeah it, it totally was. Yeah. I, was I wasn't sure. Um, and it turns out it's John Carter. I'm so confused. Yeah. That was like a, such a confusing opening. The the movie mm. opens with a big battle scene, right? Yeah. Between right. these two peoples. And both of those people end up being bad guys. Yeah. So it's like this opening fight between two people who are like not, neither of one is the hero. Neither of one were like, supposed to root for or root against yeah it's very, and then and then, like the fight has this like moment where the uh, um, what's his name Sab yeah Sab get, Sab gets the weird blue weapon, weapon. yeah that's and then the main bad guy he like gets the weapon immediately tries to shoot the other people and which is a crazy thing to do the when someone MIB, hands you a weapon like that I'm he calling. tries to shoot the, the men in black <laughs> yeah exactly and then, and then it just goes John Carter yeah it's like wait what <laughs> John Carter. There's no John Carter. We haven't identified any of these parties or conflicts yet. It was insane. So so it turns out John Carter has died and his body is in this tomb that nobody, it's locked from the inside. Which was such a red herring for like the ending. Yeah. Or such a like a, like, oh yeah, okay, because that's normal. That was a thing that happened anytime in the the history of America. (laughs) They said, he like said that like the tomb is, can only be unlocked from the inside and I went out loud, yeah, it's because he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. 20 minutes later, they finally reveal that. You're like, well, why? Yeah. Like two hours later, they reveal that. Two hours later, yeah. Yeah. Um, So he apparently he left uh, his journal for his nephew to figure out this weird mystery that anybody with like two brain cells could figure out (laughs) that he's still alive. And and then it cuts to 18, like uh, 20 years before prior, 1868, in Arizona Territory. Carter, who turns out to be a Confederate veteran, um, comes into a store. He's a loon. Like, he's crazed. His hair's all shabby and stuff. So this is like the fourth time setting we're in in the first 10 minutes of that the movie. Technically so- not, though. Technically not. No. This because- is where this fucked me up. I'll, I'll get to when you when we get to it, but technically not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> leave us in suspense yeah. a little bit, yeah. Adam. Yeah. Um, and then a fight breaks out, and like because Carter's trying to like dig for a or look for this cave that's made out of gold, and I was like, who told him this? <laughs> yeah. Why isn't this like a thing that everybody's trying to do? A cave of it, gold. Yeah, it's not a thing I've heard of or understand. Yeah, there was if. If it would make sense if it's true, then there would have been a lot more people. Or even if it's not true, a lot more people would have been attracted to such a thing. Mm-hmm. So apparently he all he wanted was beans. <laughs> there was no explanation as to why he wanted beans <laughs> at <Right>. all. Beans. <laughs> they were like, that's funny, right? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, but why? And then they were like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
Instead, Carter gets captured by soldiers, and he keeps on trying to escape. This is kind of funny, though. Yeah, they're very funny. Yeah, very they funny. were doing these sequences where he kept on trying to escape, and then card cut to him being back, put it back into that chair. With yeah. Brian Cranston. Just yeah. seeing Brian Cranston, like, frustrated, like, God damn it! <laughs> I wanted the great. whole movie to be that. Yeah. Like, soldier yeah. Brian Cranston trying to lock this guy in a cage and being oh. constantly foiled. Oh, man, that would have been, like... Catch me if you can, but on Mars. Yes. Oh. So, that's yeah, that's great. Sold. That's so, watch that movie. Okay, okay. Million Disney, dollars. give me four million four hundred million dollars. <laughs> we'll make a couple bucks off of this. Um so he's like talking to Brian Cranston about this, and apparently they just wanted to eradicate Apache or something, and because they're attacking people, and then John Carter blames the whites, basically, which made sense. I was like, that's the only thing you can make him redeemable, kind of. Mm-hmm. But we don't see that. He worked, he was a Confederate soldier. There, yeah. There's, unless he's like helping slaves get, like, a helping uh, the freed slaves at this time, then there was no redeeming factor for him at all. No, we don't see him doing anything altruistic. No. Um, and because he, all he wants is gold too to be rich for no like. Very Han Solo. Yeah. Very Han Solo. Without the charm. I, when I think about the lack of character development, I think they were thinking like, well, Han Solo doesn't have character development. Right. That's true, but not a lot of people are Harrison Ford at his prime, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And also, he wasn't like the star of that movie. Yeah, he's, that's like, true. The side character. Exactly. That's he's, true. He's the Fonz, you know. <laughs> You can't really have a Fonz show. It's no. Like, no, not at all. As much as I love the Fonz, yeah, this, he will not. It was, it was called Joey, and it did not do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we do this. We cut. He gets thrown into jail. He has a dream sequence of a woman and a girl. So we kind of get his backstory a little bit that his... Like, he's had a family before, but it doesn't matter at all. It, it was like a useless um, yeah. scene. Um, they flash back later when he's like kissing the lady and they like flash back and I was like where where are we now I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that beginning flashback yeah <laughs> and then Carter wakes up and quickly like escapes and the cavalry starts chasing after him only to be confronted by the Apache a gunfight breaks out after the Colonel, who's Brian Cranston, gets shot. John goes back, and I guess he feels bad and takes him on, um, takes him on his horse to escape the Apache. But they get cornered in a cave, and then after a few seconds, they the Apache back away. Right, spider. He says spider for some reason, right? Yeah, spider cave. Yeah, because like very ominous. Yeah. Um, no explanation as to what is happening. Um, we're going in blind. And then John Carter discovers that the cave is what he's been looking for, which is the spider cave full of gold. He goes in and it, it's so unrealistic how... Well, I don't think anybody's ever in this movie has ever seen gold. <laughs> like in its natural state. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think it's supposed to be covering walls of the <laughs> cave. And so he... And so he discovers this cave and he's like looking around and all of a sudden this the one of the bald dudes who the thir- therns. Yeah, they're called therns. They never tell us until like the middle of the movie. Um he shows up, they f- wrestle a little bit and then he sh- uh, Carter shoots him dead. He grabs the blue device out of his hand, get, then says I guess he gets transported to Basoon because he says Basoon. The thern says 
the bus, like, he, like, catches him, like, mid-incantation and pulls it away from him. Uh-huh. And then that's how he gets transported. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. He, like, charged it up before, like, actually using it kind of thing? Yeah. I, I was confused about why that, that monk guy, the Theron, was sitting in that cave doing an <laughs> incantation and why, like, he decides to then try to, like, fight this guy who walks in the cave. Yeah, why didn't he just disappear? Right, which they do constantly throughout the movie. They yeah. just disappear in an instant. And I, I looked up like the plot description on, on Wikipedia just to like see if I missed something. Mm-hmm. And then Wikipedia says, uh, because he was so shocked by someone entering the cave, he pulls a knife, which causes John Carter to draw his gun. And I was like, that is, what? Yeah. <laughs> the I, Therms never draw knives out yeah. of sh- shock. Yeah. If anything. <laughs> They're like stoic monk guys. Yeah. You're serving a higher power in being like the deep state of all planets, then they should be Ooh. deep state of ish. Yeah. Work yeah. in the shadows. They should have uh, turned, uh, taken out his neuralizer and just flashed him in the face. Tommy Lee Jones comes in and tells him, like, erases his memory, and uh-huh. then end of the movie right there. Yeah. We figured it out, guys. <laughs> we turned it into Men in Black. <laughs> Correct it. Um, so on the planet, uh, John has the super jump, which. Oh, was, this scene was so good. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It, it was like a long sequence of him trying to run through the desert. He finally figures out and skips a, away from the device that transported him there. I'm going to be honest with you. That, that shit was funny. That was like the funniest part of the movie. I'm not even kidding. I was laughing out him loud. Him to walk on Mars. Yeah. It was like, new gravity. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, because different gravity. Sure. Just seeing him fall on his face multiple times. I don't know. I was primed for a good laugh. But the weird thing was that, okay, we'll get to it, but... but just the second of two like funny sequences in the movie. Yeah. And then which, there are no more after no, that. It's humorless <laughs> afterwards. I'm like, this movie's doing pretty good so far. I got Brian Cranston being funny and shit. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. It is genuinely confusing, though, that because he keeps like trying to run like a like a cartoon character where he like, winds up his legs yeah. and like falls on his face. And it's like, so every time he falls, he falls forward. Forward like twenty feet, and I'm like, "What is something pushing him forward?" Like, that's right. At first, I thought it was just the gravity, but gravity would just make you like, like fall, fa- like jump, walk weird, yeah, right. lofty walk. But he was like flying forward, like, and then like landing on his face. Unless his his head must be super heavy or something. <laughs> that's the only thing, yeah. like, like physics wise, that I can think of that his head was just super extremely heavy. Maybe for maybe he's got a metal plate in his head. Oh. Which is- Knocks him forward. Mm. Oh man, that would have been a fix right from, there. From his uh, from his war wounds. Yeah. yeah, he got shot in the head. Yeah, yeah. Was, that picture of a, a guy with a spike on his head—that's actually who this character was based <laughs> off of. <laughs> oh man, um, that's so, why he's hallucinating this whole story because of the spike in his head. Oh my god, we're yeah. ju- we're just cracking the story wide open. Mm, every, wide open, like, like his every, head. Yeah. <laughs> so after this weird sequence, he comes upon a bunch of eggs being hatched in this this little greenhouse thing with like a glass ceiling and it's disgusting i love it yeah. <laughs> those things are so cool looking <laughs> little they're like little like claymation uh, worms you know yeah it was so, he was like staring at the babies in complete horror and i was with uh, right there with him i was <laughs> yeah, disgusted they were terrifying and i'm from 2019 Imagine like a, a racist confederate looking at a bunch of green shit move around. Yeah. yeah. That ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> so John is like, 
like attacked by a bunch of aliens with six limbs. They're really tall and skinny. They were really well designed. I yeah, had to give really them. Really cool. Yeah. yeah they, I love the art design of this movie. Yeah. They they looked amazing. And I wish yeah. they were the whole movie. Yeah. Like it would have been so much better just to have them. Yeah. They should have just been Avatar with them. Yeah. 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 Um, Is this movie before Avatar or after? After Avatar. Yeah. After for Avatar. sure. After. Um, they surround him on this mountain. A An alien approaches him and he introduces himself as Jadak Tars Tar- uh, Tarkas. After a weird conversation, it turns out the alien want him to jump. Tars wants him to jump because he saw him jumping, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, after jumping and threatening to shoot the alien, he gets shot in the ass. <laughs> Another fun, funny se- sequence. That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny, yeah. Um, and then Carter also witnesses them shooting the babies, I think. Yeah. They... That's when the movie takes a dark turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like after all these funny opening sequences, some funny like babies making like gurgling noises, and then we just see the aliens just shoot them all, like yeah. execute them all. Right. Yeah. They like took a couple of them in like pouches on their horse or whatever, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. alien horses, and they were just like crying and like bubble, like drool yeah. bubbles were coming Very out. Cute. Very, Very cute. Very. Uh, they were really cutely designed after they were hatched yeah. out of those eggs, <laughs> but and then they start shooting into like the building or where it, like a little the, incubator yeah yeah it yeah, was, he says like if they haven't come out yet they're they're not true what are they called uh, ta- uh, uh Tarkus Thark Tharks 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 yeah he's like they're not true Thark if they haven't hashed yet which you they it, just shoot sorry. them all in the head oh god <laughs> executioner style it was yeah. with a the, the, like the equal equal of like a sniper rifle yeah like just straight to their domes yeah, yeah it was brutal <laughs> and remember this is a Disney movie guys yeah, yeah. there's yeah. some pretty dark moments in this yeah and, um, so he and I just Shooting wrote babies in the head wow I just wrote down the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> the fuck elsewhere there's a lady practicing a speech. This was like such another weird cut. Like a very strange cut to for right. no reason. Yeah. Um, she's practicing a speech about a war between the two cities coming. And then she's trying to like show. I guess she has like the speech prepared to like end all this war. Right. And, and then coming in hot is her father with a posse. Because the enemy is coming or something. So this is what fucked me up. So this... Was the reference to the thing that happened in the beginning of the film? So not so the the prologue was literally like moments before John Carter arrives to. That's right. The two, the, the two things fighting the two the two bad guy sides that are fighting when they when he gets the special weapon. Mm-hmm. It's like pretty much like bam bam bam, I'm killing you. Cut to her and the kingdom or whatever with the king rushing in or whatever and being like why he's got this crazy new weapon what are we gonna do that's so, right which is like wait what the fuck like I, like the time totally fucked me up on that like honestly i couldn't move past it for like another 10 minutes on yeah because the first sequence is technically from 1868 and then it cuts to the future which is 1881 right where he dies and then, then it cuts, it cuts back, back to 1868 in yeah. Arizona and then he gets to Mars. 
Yes. Okay, Justin, you look pained Got it. right now. So it's two timelines and two locations. Yes. But yes. Four seatings with different time settings. Yes. Within the first five minutes of the movie. Yes, correct, correct. We're there. Okay. So unnecessary. After you watch the movie and then go back and watch the beginning, it almost makes sense. <laughs> but the first time, there's no way. It you watched it twice, back. right? You watched this movie twice. I re- I I watched most of it twice. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So the father comes in hot, and then he exclaims, "Helium is lost!" But D Deja. That's her name, Deja. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a weapon for them or whatever that uses the same tech as um, Sabe. Uh, and it was just, she tried to like show it and then it malfunctions because there's a thern in the room that malfunctions it because they don't want this technology in this city's hands, right. only in one city because they want only one leader, I right. think. Right. right. Um, and then... And the guy they pick to be the leader immediately tries to kill them. <laughs> like, his first... They, like, give him the weapon, and his within one second, he shoots them. They were like, this this guy is totally ma- material. Like, leader the, material right the there. Odd. This this Men in Black group has made makes only questionable movies yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> throughout the movie. So she... So the dad is like, the only way for them to end this war is not by another weapon. Is for her to get married to Sabe, mm-hmm. the other leader. And she gets pissed, which is rightfully so. Oh, yeah. But again, I was like, but her character is not there. I don't know anything about her. Maybe she should have just set it aside, set this feminism aside and just end it. <laughs> just get married. It's 1868. Well, the way she reacted was like, oh, this dude's like known for like black widowing his mates or something like that. Really? Like they, like she was just like like practically screaming like uh like at her father like no like pretty much dooming the fate. Mm-hmm. That or it's you know she just was really into her career and didn't yeah. want to sacrifice it. Yeah. yeah. We don't know anything about her career. She did one thing that failed, so <laughs> she was the head of the research for helium, the science research for helium. We don't know if it's real. We never go to the facilities. We never see anything from it. That it's, was it's about just it. her in yeah. the room. I've only seen the references at the whole movie. And yeah. they sort of play it like this, like, oh, like, silly science girl. You're like, you, uh, you can't hang with the big boys. <laughs> but they, like, they never really back that up or justify it or come back to it. Yeah. It's just, like, a totally out of place Extremely scene. out of place, yeah. It's like there was a scene in the book, and they were like, oh, this feels like this other kind of scene. Mm-hmm. We'll make it like that. But it, like, it doesn't. The rest of the book doesn't track it. Oh. I know. I'm like very curious about how the book is and how yeah. like similar the movie is to the book. But again. Uh, I feel like this is going to be very close to the book. Oh, Fun really? fact. They yeah. were all naked in the book. That's the true fact. Really? <laughs> yep. All who, her, her, like, well, him and the quote-unquote savages were, were John Carter and the quote-unquote savages. The green, were, um, the green Martians? were naked the whole time. Oh. For the whole book, I did think it's weird. He gets this like very like this like cool looking like cross strap vest mm-hmm. uh-huh. and like these with this like metal armor and stuff. And I forget how he gets it, but it happens yeah. very fast. Oh, I know. He jumps. Um, we'll, and you're like, we'll... how did you get this tailor made like <laughs> alien suit, dude? Like, That's true. Yeah, it was tailor made, definitely. Yeah. Um, and no one else has one. There's no other humans. No. So, John, it cuts. First stop, Taylor. So then we'll figure out who you are and why you're here. <laughs> So we cut to um, apparently, and then also Sabe shows up for the wedding to take her, whisk her away or something. And then we cut from that to John. He he's brought to the Martians, uh, the Green Martians village. He 
gets dumped onto the ground with the other babies and the little the other babies scurry. They're like oh, crawling yeah. away yeah. like little weird critters. Yeah. And people are trying to scoop them up. They're fighting to grab them. It was like a like a really fucked up farmer's market. Yeah. <laughs> like they were like trying to get these produce as fresh as possible. <laughs> well, that's what made me think. I was like, are they food or are they children? Yeah. I, I don't know what's happening. Are they gonna eat these things? Yeah, it was very, very like hungry to grab it. Women right. that were clamoring for whatever baby they could grab, and, but they were being like hip checked by each other, <laughs> like fighting to the death. Women, right? <laughs> yeah, <it> right. Was... <laughs> Women, classic. <laughs> Women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, I mean, we were in some sort of eighties. No, and no, sixty-eight. So never mind. Um, <laughs> Can't justify it. So, uh, one of the women... They did have really thick shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah. Were any of these true. baby scenes important? There was a bunch at the beginning, but yeah, I don't, I don't they, think it mattered. Yeah. After. Just to show Soul, like, kind of like how low-rung she was. And, like, yeah, the relationship. Sola. That, Sola, Sola. Yeah. Sola. Um, so, one, Sola, she couldn't grab a baby, so she's forced to grab John Carter as her baby. <laughs> 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 Makes sense. And um and he John gets introduced as Virginia because he keeps on saying that he's John Carter from Virginia and so right. they think his name is Virginia and he just keeps on like he gets so upset about it and I was like they're fucking aliens why aren't you freaking out right now? Also, You're- why is he telling the cuz that was the really funny bit cuz the uh William Defoe's character was like he just goes uh Tars talk us. Tars talk us. And then <laughs> Taylor Kitsch goes, John Carter, I am from Virginia, you of the United States of America, Virginia. It's like, why are you telling him a whole fucking sentence, man? Yeah. Like, clearly they're alien. Why are you? Like, yeah. What like, an idiot. Yeah, he like, was. That's not my name. Let me repeat that entire sentence again and see if you can pick up the name part from it. <laughs> He's like, uh, he could have been just like, the, the, that's your name now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the, it, Tars tries to get him to jump, but he doesn't do it. And then he gets beaten. After that, or something? Or, no, he gets thrown into a cave with the other babies. Or <laughs> they have like this weird sequence of them pampering the babies and dipping them in oh, like yeah. d- like baby powder and then bathing them. Oh, yeah. Did you guys smothered. all pause when you saw <laughs> Taylor Kitsch's butt or what? Because oh, yeah. you didn't. They CGI'd it out. What really? <laughs> yeah, it's just straight up blur, blur <laughs> as he falls in. I didn't look. I didn't look that. Oh, good. I did. I was like, "Give me them cheeks, man." I was more thinking about when they were throwing. They were throwing like the powder in his face. Oh yeah, like, green powder or something. Right. I was like, "What is that? This can't be good." <laughs> I mean, it's for babies, so it must be good. Um. So he. So he's he's in this cave and he's knocked out. Um. And then Sola gives him nurses him. Or no, he she gives him this milk that. Gives him like this weird delusional state, and then he passes out. And then he awakens later with a bunch of babies all over him. Yes, <laughs> which I love. They were really cute there. Um, and then he kind of like just shrugs them off. I was like, they're babies. Like, could you act with gentle care for them? They loved him. Uh, yeah, I would have wanted more of that. Like, he was just like these babies just following him everywhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would have been a great Disney movie yeah. right there. Well, he could have. He just saw like all of their brothers and sisters like straight up shot in the head. He could have been a little bit more sympathetic. Yeah, I know. Um, so he breaks out of his chains, and then there's a monster dog that follows him everywhere as he's like jumping place to place, and it's this monster dog is just really fast and follows him everywhere. And then he jumps to a party where the monster dog gets beaten up. Ooh, it like was, fucking bad. Yeah, it was like yeah. animal abuse. It was it was awful. It's also odd because the dog is around for a lot of the movie, but only in this one scene, they all start just like, hey, let's beat up this dog. <laughs> and it's like a fancy party. So yeah. like why? In front of like the king of the village yeah. or something. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh. It was so weird. There was, I guess it was barking at something. And it was then, barking at him. Yeah. And, the, yeah. And, and then he felt, I guess they were like, oh, we need to have some, some make him feel sympathetic at this moment. And right. what's more sympathetic than watching a dog be beaten up? It is the first time he does anything not totally selfish. Yeah. And maybe the only time in the whole yeah, movie. Yeah. Where well, he's like, I got to stop that dog from being beaten up. Yeah. Well, well, it was like first with the Cranston thing because he could have just let Cranston die if, after he got shot. Yeah, and then more confusing than sympathetic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, why? Because he had like, he just tried to away. kill him like yeah. five seconds before that. And, and then, then he's like, oh, hold on one second. And yeah. then rescues him. And you're like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And then he saw the dog getting hit. So maybe he just doesn't like people getting hurt, which we can explain why later. Yeah, yeah. but he kills somebody. Because he literally jumps oh, in. That shit was <laughs> sick, dude. <laughs> he jumps into the party to stop this this ma- this massacre of this dog and punches this guy and kills him instantly into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were like, wait, how did you kill him? He goes like, you killed him with one punch or something like that. This never comes back either. No. It never comes back. He mur- Well, he, he murders like a whole army by himself <laughs> later. Yeah. But you don't really, like, I would love to see him being one punch man for <laughs> one punch man. He's like punching all these people. They never explain why his punches are so devastating yeah. to these like creatures either. Yeah. Like they spent a lot of time talking about why he could jump real high. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They like had this like long pretty much like two minute to five minute long conversation as to why he's like this yeah. on this planet. It's same it would be the same like science though, right? Like same mm-hmm. physics. He's just stronger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess having less gravity would make your biceps stronger. It makes your thigh stronger because you're supporting your body, but I guess like less resistance because you're used to a stronger resistance. Mm. I, I'm following Dragon Ball Z rules. <laughs> this is how they train in Dragon Ball Z. Well, after he c- kills that dude, he instantly gets beaten up by like a gang of Martians just kicking the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and then this is not before he he understands what they're saying. This is, I guess, this is an important part. Um, because like they understand what he's saying and then he understands what they're saying, but they're not drinking the same milk, are they? I don't know. Again, you mind fucked me when you (laughs) pointed that out that they couldn't understand what earth was. Now I'm like having trouble thinking about this. It seems Uh, seems like, you know, 19... 
1900s like sci-fi logic. It's yeah. Like, and then he drank this potion that let him understand everyone. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. But when you try to translate it into a movie, it, like, I'd be fine if they just skipped it and they just yeah. all spoke English. I'd be like, that's what movies do. Yeah. yeah. But then they we would have bought it. it yeah. Was, yeah. Was English was confused. actually passed down from Mars. There you sure. go. Yeah. 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 We so, all come from the same yeah, the therms yeah. could have been like they were they taught there. It. Yeah, they taught every the universal language or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so the next day, he and his mom Sola gets branded. She got in trouble because she uh, allowed gave him this potion to like speak whatever language they speak, and apparently she's running out of space. So that means that she's gonna die if she gets branded again. Uh huh. Um. Before John is forced to jump again, a bunch of planes fly over, and it's Seb. And I don't know why they were flying over. I guess they were going to helium again? I don't know. Um, so the Mar- the Green Martians are making bets on who will win in this, like, battle for the skies. <laughs> I was so confused. This is such a confusing time because... <laughs> because, so after... So, I guess... Deja sneaks onto Seb's flying uh, machine or whatever, yeah, and starts fighting everybody because she wants she doesn't want to get married, right? So she decides that she has to assassinate her soon to be husband. Uh huh. And then she's about to fall off the plane because she gets knocked the shit out. And then also she's very scantily clad. This was again. Another confusing part as to why they needed to dress less when they're in a battle scene. Yeah. And so she's hanging from one of the planes. And then John Carter's like, I gotta save her. I think they, I, yeah, he's never been in the middle of anything. He doesn't care right. about anything other than himself. He doesn't like to see people get hurt. Okay. And so he... But he does hurt them oh, oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> he's just like punching people and like their heads fall off at like different points <laughs> in the movie. But then other times he'll be like, I gotta save that guy. <laughs> he that just decapitated a guy like five seconds ago. So he jumps away. And then I guess Tars is like, I'm betting on Carter or on Virginia. I was like, and what? Like, what is he... No. <laughs> Speaking of jumping, uh, that apparatus that uh, Taylor Kitsch wore for the uh, the film, I guess um, when he was strapped down and would actually be falling, he was falling, uh, it actually made it so he was falling at 80 miles per hour. Uh, I guess completely safe when ultimately when he landed, but the rush all the way down from the top would be at 80 miles an hour. Wow. And he did not like it. <laughs> Can't imagine you would. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so he... Is about he's like fighting Seb, Seb and he's about to get killed by him. But then the Tharks intercept and starts attacking them, and they all for some reason turn around and decide not to fight anymore. And because I was thinking, wait, aren't the quote unquote Red Martians a little more advanced? So why would they be afraid of a village? I don't know. It was a very veiled critique, I guess, on how native people are more stronger than. The advanced people? I don't know. Um, And then Carter is returned back to the Tharks and is celebrated as a hero. And this is probably where he gets that apparatus you were talking about, that vest. Uh, Tars wants him to fight for their kind, but Carter is being a little bitch and doesn't (laughs) want to fight at all. But Tars threatens Deja's life and he is forced to fight for them because all of a sudden he cares about her. But yes, thoughts, Justin. (laughs) You look (laughs) 
<laughs> exhausted. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the part of the movie I didn't rewatch, but now I, now I'm thinking I should have because uh, that was very confusing. Yeah, it's a very confusing sequence of events. There's, there's, there's like a middle third of this movie where they're just like having fight after fight, and some mm-hmm. are like an arena, and some are in the sky, but and the parties keep changing, but no one's alliances really seem to change. Yeah, yeah. Is there's no moving parts that really move? They stay and stationary. On on the Mars situation, there's there's basically like two main cities, right? Mm-hmm. There's Helium and Zodinga. Mm-hmm. But then within Helium and Zodinga, there are Therm, Thark, Red, and Red Martians, and then a and, couple of humans. There's yeah. different Tharks, too. There's and, different tribes of Thark. Well, yeah. It seems like in both, there are some of both, but the Thark mostly are together. And But it, it's it's very hard to tell. There's, there's a scene at the end, actually, when there's like, just a bunch of like red martians fighting each other uh-huh. and one of them ha- one of them like makes eye contact with the other one to let him know that they're on the same side with a thark you mean um or with uh with a red martian between uh two well the 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 scene uh the person who actually does the winking is like a thark winking with a red martian but then like in the background the same thing is happening with two other red martians where <laughs> oh my god because they're fighting on opposite sides uh-huh. even though they're both red martians so the, and there's no way to tell right. who's yeah. on whose side so they both so they kind of just like make eye contact and then based on their eye contact decide whether or not to decapitate yeah. each other it is and they don't do you they don't do you a lot of favors in this movie helping you figure out they're, who's on what side yeah, or what from what city what many, side each represents yeah there's too many parts move these too many factions that are useless. Um, That's the whole point of the film. Just yeah. to show that we're not black. We're not white. We're all just Sumian. Uh, we all come from the same planet. And we're all from the same structure there. Okay. Get <laughs> off of your high horse, Adam. Let's go, let's get back into this. Um, so, he at this point, after talking to Jaja, she he learns about their solar system. And he realizes that he's on Mars. And... <laughs> Only now. <laughs> yeah, only to be doing like 17 alien races, <laughs> warring factions, fighting in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is pretty Mars. fucking crazy. <laughs> he's been with a green family. And really not questioning any of it so far. Yeah. He's never like, what? where am I? What is this? Yeah. The second a white lady comes up and was like, you're on a, a different planet. What? what? <laughs> is this in the Civil War? <laughs> We're not in Virginia anymore? <laughs> I'm from Virginia. <laughs> Don't call me that. So Deja, Sola, and Carter go to the village's temple because I can't remember why they decided. Because I guess the answer, answers are all at the temple. Um, yeah, because you have to follow the river. Yeah. Sis. Um, river Sis. Um, we learn about therns, which are the men in black we were talking about. And there's a river finally that... We learn about them. Yeah, we finally le- we've seen them many times. Maybe the movie should have begun, like, here. <laughs> it yeah. seems like where all the information finally yeah. arrives. So, uh, and it learn uh, This river leads to peace and earth, I guess. Or um, to the goddess or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, the sh- They all shake on it. That they're gonna do some uh, like Deja and uh, Carter are shake on it that they're gonna work together to get onto this river. There is some sexual tension, if you will. Oh yeah. Uh, but it, it is broken uh, because a bunch of assholes come in, and the three of them get in trouble. And John figures that Tars is Sola's dad, which is a weird plot point, completely useless. Yeah. Because. Because we don't know how those babies are made. 
And they're different races. These, yeah. the, she is the daughter of one of the alien people, right? No, no, not uh, Deja. Um, um, Sola. Sola. Uh, the, oh, what the, yeah, his yeah. mom. John Carter's mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carter's mom. Yeah. Um, so John, Deja, and Sola, plus the lovable Wula, which is the monster dog from the party that got beaten yes. up, are sent out on a journey for the river. I I think I caught this after watching the film, but I think because um, Sola's dad Tars didn't want Sola to die at the hands of those villagers, he wants her to die at the river. And I guess in their religion, that's like being sent off to heaven mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost like it sounds like river sticks instead uh, of river sis. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This Dude. movie is a thinker. <laughs> I mean, back it's in the 1900s, this shit was fire, right? <laughs> so at a pit stop, Deja catches Carter sneaking a peek. There's like this whole like moving sequence right. when they're like going through the desert. And like he stares at her. Just like quickly like, oh God. He should have done something Southern like tip a hat or something. <laughs> like do something that was like Virginian. <laughs> yeah, he had like no accent either. Right. Everybody, no one had any accent except her for no reason. <laughs> um, later, they see a plane flying overhead, um, and it's called, uh, she calls it sailing on light, uh-huh. I guess. Um, yeah. And I kept on forgetting that John has never seen a plane before because it was hard for me to, like, kind of, because mm. on Mars, there's no real time. So this could have been set in any time period at all right so and he because he never acts surprised about anything like he doesn't act like he's from 1868 at all so i would have loved i hadn't even thought about that he hadn't seen a plane before yeah right they never make it seem like that should be an odd yeah but yeah he really 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 wouldn't have yeah he should have had his mind fucking blown like basically he sees a plane and he's like cool in america we sail we like sail on the ocean yeah oh that's right and that was like, the seas yeah and she and was like, like equally as like impressed by that yeah i was like that <laughs> like, sounds what? stupid but she was like whoa whoa water like, you guys sail on water we're literally doing that now yeah um elsewhere seb has a is chatting with shang we find out the name of one of the therns his name is shang um, that's, uh, what's his name? Uh, something strong. Mark Strong's yes. character. Um, and then at, I think, I didn't, I didn't write anything down what they were talking about because it was a useless scene. Oh, so useless. Um, and then we cut back to Sola sh- or, or the gang. Sola realizes that Deja is leading them back to helium instead of going to the river. And so Carter knocks her, her off. Of her horse monster, her monster horse. Right. As they slowly ride away, Deja tells them about how she can't marry Sav. And I was like, I thought going to the river would prevent that too? Because it wouldn't show her where the. I, again, there was like no use to go to this river because we don't know anything. Yeah, I thought that was why she was going to the river, was to get out of this wedding thing. Yeah. And then she like reveals that she's trying to get out of a wedding. And that's like what 
makes him try to try to try to help her. Yeah. It's also weird that his way of like incapacitating her after she tried to like basically get him killed was she he just like pushes her off her horse and then like gallops the horse away. Yeah. But then like they these these are not fast moving they're, they're they're like beasts they're riding, but they're not fast moving. They they walk at about human speed. Yeah. So right. then they like he pushes her off her human moving speed thing and yeah. then just like ambles away and she just like walks behind him going like how no, don't do this. Yeah, don't I'm, leave me here. But I'm, I'm like, going to die. No one's leaving you anywhere. You're right. You're walking pace with them. <laughs> she should have hopped on right there and knocked him off. Yeah. She was off. She just jumped on his tail. Yeah. The, whole, the whole traveling thing with John Carter makes no sense throughout the film because not only is he super strong so he could potentially carry every single person he's with, but he can actually jump further and quicker. So, Like, as we learn... Be- more he could travel quicker than anything else on the planet obviously uh-huh. right. it's like literally superman coming to the planet and him be like oh i got to catch a cab real quick uh i got to yeah. go get across town yeah, yeah he's basically superman yeah. if you really think about it coming to uh mars and living among these aliens yeah. to him who are natives to this planet yeah you know it's actually the case with Superman too is that originally, at least, he can't fly. He can just jump really high oh. because he's from a planet with different gravity, oh. so he can like leap over buildings in a single bound. bound. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes. So he is so Superman. <laughs> John Carter is Superman. Yeah, the original Superman came out before Superman yeah. too because yeah. of the book. Yeah, if only this movie was made back then. Yeah, <laughs> it needed to be. <laughs> so, um. Seb, we cut back to Seb, this useless asshole. He's preparing to head out. He screams at his general. Shang goes to the gates, I guess, of uh, of the river where the tree, uh, where um, Carter, Sola, and Deja arrive as well. It's like, that's so fast. They were so close. <laughs> it's a long journey to the river. Oh, we're here. <laughs> And it's Carter just, just down the street. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Carter shows uh, stops Sola from killing herself because this is this is where I kind of oh, figure right. out. Yeah, um, he tells her that she's Tar's daughter, and there was no real moment of her taking that in that she finds out her parent parentage. She doesn't be like, oh my god, I've lived this lie this whole life. He like allowed me to be. Like the bottom rung, like the beaten <laughs> out of all the people in the village, and like there was no like real gravity to this information. She just go, oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Well, if you think she, about well, in that case, <laughs> like, wait, that's not the reaction I was expecting. Yeah. If it's apparent to the guy that's there for like one hour, it must be apparent to the rest of the tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. It yeah. was really true. That's yeah. so true. Man, there are some idiots on this planet. <laughs> Um, so they stop her from killing herself. The three of them uh, canoe through the river. They arrive where um, they need to go, which is the temple. And John- Carter just jumps up onto the structure with Deja. And his presence unlocks it, I guess? The medallion unlocks it. Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. Because he took the medallion from Tars. Because he had it before. Yeah, the medallion is a confusing thing throughout the movie. Yeah. There's this medallion, which is what he uses to get to the planet. Mm -hmm. And then it changes hands a lot because some people want it. It's not clear if they know why they want it. I think they just want it because it looks cool. Yeah. But then once they realize that it might have power, then other people want it. Yeah. 
And then Ugh. it becomes unclear later whether there are one medallion or many medallions. Yeah, and how they're made almost, who gets them, or I don't know. Yeah, it becomes important later in the movie that all of the Therm have medallions. Yeah. Yeah. But throughout the entire movie up to the the point where this matters, they refer to it as the medallion, yeah. even though there are many therm in the movie up to this point. <laughs> so, I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's so many semantics that they need to iron out before <laughs> g- making this into a movie. You would have thought when they were just writing this down into script form, they would have been yeah. like, you know, let's like simplify this. Like, I know in the book it says this and this, but like, let's, maybe just one medallion. Or maybe, maybe there's one, three medallions. One warring faction, one green Martian fighting against one red Martian. <laughs> Nothing else. Yes. That makes most sense. Um, So they get into the temple. They realize that there's a ninth ray. It's kind of mentioned in the the first act of this movie, but not really. We don't know why it's important, what it's doing. And I guess it's cold fusion, basically. (laughs) That... that I don't think it's... I mean, that's a nice scientific way to, to put it, but it's literally just... Magic. <laughs> it's just <laughs> magic <laughs> to solve all the problems. <laughs> and, that, and that John Carter on Mars is a copy of himself on Earth. This is what we learn. We never see right. it because because we only see it once. And when this is uh, so okay. And then after he finds this out, they kiss each other. As you do. Yes. Yeah. I'm a copy. Let's kiss. <laughs> He doesn't say copy. He says, like a telegraph? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole scene. Uh, like a telegraph. Like a telegraph. I'm like a telegraph. That makes scientific sense for me and my 1849 uh, mentality. It's yeah, like that, a telegraph. That was like the only, like, I think up in this point that we, we don't really, like, we forget that it's in the 1800s. <laughs> yes, I, that I was, forgot until yeah, that scene. Yeah. yeah, that scene where he talks about a telegraph. Because in, in, why she doesn't know what Earth is, but she knows what a telegraph is. Oh yeah, a telegraph is not a copy. It's not. It's definitely not. <laughs> it's just a message sent. It's by an electrical <laughs> signal. That's all it is. Electrical signal and then transcribed and handed to somebody. It's not really what it's like at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. And they um, had at the time like carbon copies and yeah. like they had books in the yeah. 1860s, so there were copies of things. Yeah. He'd have been like like a book. You know, like, like, a, like a newspaper. <laughs> Like a a newspaper, like a print and press. (laughs) Or like a copy. I don't know why you need to have a simile for a copy. Two of things. uh, So they kiss. John gets a flash of his past, and he's thinking about his wife and kids while he's kissing this new woman. Yeah, that's what I was... He finally gets to kiss the princess in the movie, and as soon as they kiss, it flashes back to some other lady who we don't know. Yeah, we have no investment into her life. their relationship at all? No, because we didn't get any background on him in the beginning. We just see him walking around a rainy street in New York. Yeah, or in London. And well, in London? Yeah, that was oh the God. beginning. No, it's New York City, I think. I don't know. I because he know. gets buried in London. Is it say London like yeah. in the in like a title card? I think so. Oh wow, I'm almost sure when it's raining, it's like New York, 1861. <laughs> I could be, I could be totally wrong. 81. Um, 81. Yeah. This fucking movie could have been set anywhere. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> no, you're right. It really doesn't matter. Both of us are right. It's New York and London. It doesn't matter. Sure. There's, they're copies. <laughs> telegrams. Whatever it is, it's still Jasum, guys. <laughs> By the way, this that, that whole tower with the um, 
the temple, the, right? The blue light uh-huh. thing. Do you do? Are you guys uh, uh, video game people at all? Mm, not really. There's a there's a video game called The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Oh yes, I'm uh, playing that right now. Throughout the movie, I was thinking that wow, this music sounds exactly like the music when you're just running around the overworld. All those, those sort of like dark, like little like piano rolls and stuff. Oh. Um, and I was like, oh, that's the the people who did the music for Breath of the Wild must have been inspired by this movie. It is good a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then they get into that tower and like he's carrying like a little slate that glows with blue like glyphs. Oh my god. straight out of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It's, oh. That whole scene could have been a scene out of like a Zelda movie. It's, yeah. It's very strange. That is weird because yeah. I'm playing that right now and that is such a weird coincidence that the two of them are very similar. Yeah. In that scene. All, for all of our beasts with this movie, the art design really is very nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a very pretty movie. I mean, it is $300 million, <laughs> yeah, so it has to look good. It looks like at least $150 million. Yeah. It is a good-looking movie. Yeah. There's an insane fact about her dress uh, at the very end. I'll tell you guys. Later. Um, suddenly, Sola calls for them. A group of angry Marsh- green Martians start attacking them under the instructions of Shang. So I guess he has... Tharks under his minionage, I guess. That's what I'm saying. There are Tharks on every side. Yeah. There are (sighs) therms on every side. Oh, man. These were the beefy ones. (laughs) Martians on every side. During the the chase, uh, there's a flashback to what happens to Carter's wife and kid during this sequence. Yeah, no one cares about your kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would like to. I would like to care about your kid. But you can't just give me... Literally, it's like a total of like 10 seconds of flashback in the mm. whole movie, right? And that's yeah, all we see yeah. is like life. That's it. Um, and then Carter sends Sola and Deja off. Carter fights a whole horde of these guys with intercuts oh. of him bearing his family. And by the end of it, Helium <laughs> attacks the horde and saves Carter. I got to be honest with you. I I, I really like that, this scene. I, I, I There's very rarely do you see like an action film cut with at the same time of like a big battle along the side of like a sombering, so, a sombering like tone to it. Yeah. It's not not something I would have expected from this film. And I, I, I was like, all right, I'm actually pleasantly surprised by this. You I'm... watched this in four segments. <laughs> I watched this whole thing yeah, yeah. back to front. Yeah, I, I watched this. it one and a half times. <laughs> uh, I did I did love when they uh, are, are in this little tower having this peaceful moment. And then I forget what draws them outside. But you see like one soldier crest the hill and then you just see like thousands of these very cool looking yeah. uh, tharks, green tharks uh, with their, that are just like raging and ready to go, ready to like murder some people. Yeah, with, it a, is. with a therm creepily like walking alongside them, leading them. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it was. It's a nice image. Yeah. Incredible imagery for this film. Story could have done but, a lot better. <laughs> yes. But they crest this hill ready to attack them but they're in this like floating tree thing. Uh-huh. And so John Carter goes like, oh, we got to get away. And so then they get in a rowboat <laughs> and slowly putter down the river, exactly. being paddled by one Thark. Yeah. While the other Tharks are attacking. And, yeah, then, he, and then like. They manage to stay in front of him the whole time. They stay in front of him the whole time. And, yeah. and the Therm immediately gives up. He's like, we'll catch them when they get to so-and-so or whatever. And I'm like, just jump. Like they're. 
Go, you could run up to them. It would be really funny if he did like a like a Popeyes thing where this is something he would do. He like eat his spinach and then jump outside the boat and then start swimming. Like right. he's like kicking in, making it super fast like a motorboat. <laughs> just like like that's, that's totally what we John Carter to do. Just yeah. like jump off the ocean floor and push their boat down the oh, down the river. Yeah. My God, that does not great. do that. Popeye on in Mars. <laughs> that's it. That's it. We're good. I would again, watch that movie. Yeah. Popeye on Mars. Yep. Okay, so Robert he, <laughs> he gives his sword. Um, so it turns out Seb is with her dad from Helium, and he gives her his sword, but he, d- but she doesn't kill him. Or uh, Seb gives her his sword, but she doesn't try to kill him. And I was like, knock his head off, take the weapon. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of the film. Uh huh. That's it right there. She- but she she decides. To get married with him instead. Mm-hmm. Um, the next morning, Carter wakes up and he's there's a helium dude that comes in. He tells Carter to take him hostage because I think he's famous, isn't he? He he has a very familiar face. Who yes? Who is he? This he was in uh, Vanity Fair. He was the he was a uh, doctor. He was Crowley. Oh my god! Both him and Dominic West were in Rome. I don't know if oh. you guys are Rome fans, but. Uh, Yes. Interesting. They're actually two people I constantly confuse together. Uh, the two of those guys. They were like this. They're like they look exactly the same and yeah, they have the same accent. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um. So he tells Carter to take him hostage, and it seemed like he, like his character was like very interesting, but it seemed like they were setting up for him to be in the second film. I don't know why they <laughs> yes. would like. Yeah. They would like think that there would would be another installment of this film. Um. So they run, so Carter and this guy run through the ship. The dude gets him to jump clear across the city to a building. They land in the room where Deja is getting ready for her wedding. And she gets everyone out and then begs Carter to stay and fight for helium. And I was like, she, he's a fucking war criminal. Why would anybody leave him with her? <laughs> like, they just like let her do whatever she wanted. And yeah. there was clearly some people who were from the other side there because they were wearing red. Right. Because Helium wears blue and right. then the op- opposing side wears red. So they n- know who he is. Carter is a war criminal and they just leave her with him. There's <clears throat> no logic to who's on whose side yeah. at any point in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then she says to him, a warrior may change his metal but not his heart. And she gives him the medal back and makes him say an alien phrase to get him back home to Earth. Um, Which she just got done begging him to stay and fight. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, you can go now. Yeah. Essentially. Basically, that was it. I don't, under- I don't understand that logic at all. No, no, not at all. Um, so Seb barges into a, um, a lone Deja because when she turns around, she realizes John Carter's gone. So she thinks that she, he went back home. Um, and But instead, he's actually on the ceiling <laughs> overlooking her leaving with Seb. And uh, and they continue with the wedding. I that was his like, <clears throat> one superpower is just jumping. Jumping <laughs> real high. It was and every, so- every time you, you forget about it for a second, like, oh, he jumped. <laughs> Where'd he go? Ah, he jumped. I thought he was hiding. And then I was like, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's up on the ceiling right now. <laughs> well, I, yeah, we didn't know there was a two two layer ceiling above him, but like, I was genuinely surprised. So like, oh, you know, like that's uh, right. He can jump. <laughs> a, 
uh, like helium or whatever helium architecture always has the two level ceiling yeah. <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Um, so he jumps down, but is captured by Shang, who shape shifts. We I think we kind of know that he shape shifts yes. a little bit. Yeah. So that makes the opening scene with him uh, him surprising that Thern in that cave moot because like that Thern could right. shape shift just shape shift. Oh, to get away from the... Anywhere. Yeah. Into anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they he just, pulls a knife? What, <laughs> what move, kind of move is that? So they have a heart... So Shang and uh, Carter have this heart-to-heart because he tells him ex- all evil... I guess all villains have to tell the main character what is going on in their evil plan because he tells him everything that the Thern are... Basically, the men in black, they control everything in every planet, and they make sure that uh, the right idiot has to be in power, which is kind of poignant for right. our current time in a period. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little political right Democrats now. versus Republicans. <laughs> I was waiting for Carter to be like, well, why'd you put that idiot Lincoln in charge? You know, because he's a racist. Yes. Yeah. John Carter is uh, pro-slavery, anti-union, yeah. anti-Lincoln. Uh-huh. That would have been again because we forget what period this is because yeah. he doesn't talk about anything that happens during that time. Why didn't he ask about Lincoln? He's probably lynched a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, his whole thing is he loves fighting and he's from the South in Civil War times. Fights for the Confederacy is pretty high ranked in the Confederacy. A captain is not a low rank in the military. If he's not personally lynched somebody, he's definitely abetted the murder of a lot of African Americans. So. Oh, oh my God. You added so much richness to Carter's background. Not just filling in all these gaps of his story. Oh my God. This is my pitch for the movie. Oh, man. So, um, after this heart to heart, as they walk through the city, uh, Shang is like shape shifting, blah blah blah. And so it turns out the Thurns feed off the planet, and they are like parasites that move between planets. Um, since he knows about Earth, it kind of shows like sh- like mentions that oh, that means that their Earth is next to be in this long line of like them feeding off planets, and then. Um, as the two are about to fly off, Wola chomps on Shang, which releases Carter from his prison because he has like this weird thing, like magical shit that's like yeah. making him be a puppet for Shang. And then Carter takes the flying machine and gets out of Dodge terribly. Again, he could have just jumped away. <laughs> he didn't need to like fuck around with a, a flying machine he's let alone never even heard of like like a day ago to like try to fly one of these things. He could just jumped away. He no. literally just jumped through half of the city a second ago. He's trying to escape from evil villain by quickly jumping into a flying machine, which he's yeah. never seen, learning to pilot it and maneuver. Cause he's like indoors. At the time, yeah. Right? yeah. So he yeah. has to like get out of like the hangar bay. And exactly. Stuff. Very complicated, but no, he picks it up in about two seconds. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Um, and then Sola saves him and they fly back to the village, hoping to take, uh, talk to like Tars, but Carter goes to his room and it finds out someone usurped his throne and um, who's a tyrant. And then Carter gets thrown into prison with Tars and it is revealed that 
uh, Tuftar's that Sola is still alive, and he gets into a f- they get into a fight with each other about it, and then Tars is too weak to continue fighting, and then they get brought to a coliseum. I feel like this was like another plot point that was just like could have just skipped to the coliseum. Yeah, simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a white monster ape comes in, fights them. Another one is released. Sola and her bully tumbles into the ring. The bitch dies in a really graphic scene. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, not Sola. She's alive. Um, Carter is released from his change, kills one of them. And then the other one goes after Sola and Tars. Carter kills the last one before it eats uh, Sola and Tars. And it's, it is extremely graphic. And I kept yeah. on forgetting how this was a Disney movie. Yeah. It's it was, not red blood, it's blue blood. That's true. Therefore, it's not, it's like, it's a lesser rating. Mm. I was like, okay with that until like they come out of that scene and his face is just covered in blue blood and he's like dripping out of his mouth. And uh, he's like, uh, I'm John Carter. I'm like, did you, did you just like bite the guy's throat? Like, <laughs> what happens? And, and uh, yeah. And then um, Carter challenges. Ty, tail or whatever the asshole ruler who Im- who he immediately kills he immediately kills very i thought that, that was fun i had to rewind it <laughs> i was like looking at my phone being like what am i doing today what his head just fell off <laughs> yeah he just like to tap decapitates the leader of the people yeah and everybody's fine with it they were like okay there's a new leader in town. You're yeah. like cheering for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then John Carter's the new leader. He went from being like basically like being fed to the lions to being the leader of the country in about he, ten seconds. Yeah. And he gives us this rousing speech about like going to war with uh, Zadang, Zodang, or Zodanga or whatever. I hate all these names. <laughs> so uh, this. <laughs> I wrote down this bitch has been on Mars for a minute, but believes <laughs> yeah. everything they say. Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Almost an instant. Like, he never questions anything on this planet. Um, And then they ride off to Zodanga. No one is there. The wedding turns out to be in helium. He has to get the Tharks to fly against the... Which is against their religion. I just hated all these, like, weird, like, <laughs> no's. What a weird yeah. point point for a, a joke where he gets, like, a slapped on the head by William Defoe. Yeah. Like, you fucked up. Like... Why are we doing this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, let this movie end, damn it. These are all like dumb details that were in the book. Like, yeah. You gotta include it because yeah. they can't fly because of their religion, you know. <laughs> that's why I used to do this. Yeah. People are gonna ask if we don't put it in. <laughs> and then in Helium, the wedding is happening. Before they get married, Carter comes in and warns of the soldiers waiting outside because the whole plan is was that like as soon as they get married, um, I guess Dela's gonna die and then Helium's gonna be overrun by soldiers and stuff. Yeah. A fight breaks out. Carter and Save fight. The Tharks show up in a ship. The fight continues. A Thern kills Save before revealing the truth about what what's going on. Yeah. Even though Carter knows everything. Like, why did he need to ask more from Save? What the he, fuck would he know? Yeah. Like, that guy wouldn't know anything. Yeah, he was an idiot. He was put there as a puppet. Yeah, he literally described him as a brute, like a brutless idiot or something. Yeah. 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 Um, and then he gets murdered, blah, blah, blah. And then before murdering Carter, Dej- uh, like I guess this this liquid thing was supposed to come on like Carter before she get he gets murdered. Deja saves him by breaking Shang's bracelet. He turns 
into Deja, but real Deja grabs his medallion and tosses it. Then Chang turns into Carter and gets the medallion from Tars. Before real Carter stops it, Chang's gotten away. Okay, we've finally finished this dumb's fight sequence <laughs> in a few seconds. That's all you needed, Disney. You didn't need to pay this millions of dollars. I could have just told you. I, I, I had fun during it. I honestly <laughs> got like, I was like Star Wars vibes the whole time. That's true. Yeah. There's some nice Star Wars vibes in this movie. Definitely yeah. Yeah. some Star Wars appreciation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the battle has ended, but before anything, Carter proposes to Deja. <laughs> How does he do it? Gives her, her his ex-wife's ring. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, they get married by her dad. Wouldn't the dad be like, who the fuck is this? Like, I was supposed to, you were supposed to marry Save to end this war. Who is this guy who jumps? They went from being very confused at why an alien ended up in their planet to just not caring at all. Yeah. And I don't know how long this movie takes place over. We never seen Night. So as far as I know, one day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe two tops. Um, That night, after they fucked, <laughs> I was very concerned about like him having sex for the first time on this planet. Yeah, and heart like literally. There's that joke of like Superman having sex with Lois Lane, like the the classic Kevin uh, yeah. Smith joke, where he pretty much would kill Lois Lane. Yeah, I was legitimately concerned for this woman. <laughs> I mean, and also this was some Disney movie. Yep. So Howard. <laughs> How are parents going to explain what is happening at all in this movie? <laughs> Hard cut to her sleeping real good. <laughs> <laughs> and then Deja wakes up to Carter overlooking the city. After a chit-chat, Carter and Woola take a walk. And he throws the medallion because he wants to stay here. Stay on Mars forever. He, this medallion, which has been like the center point of the whole movie. Him trying to get this medallion because it's his ticket home. Mm-hmm. And then he, Flimsily. he finally... Flimsily. Yeah. Yeah. And he finally he finally has it in his in his uh, grasp. And he's standing on a balcony. He's like, I don't need this anymore. And just throws it off the balcony. Mm-hmm. Like, not into an ocean or a pit or a, a crevasse. Just out a window. Under or, the ground, I guess. Why not break it? Because it's it's part of, Seems I don't know, it's a like magical it thing. like a volcano yeah. <laughs> or something. Like, should be destroyed or yeah. maybe just kept real safe. But, like... He basically just like tosses it on the ground at his feet. Yeah, like, anybody nah. could have grabbed it. Any kid would have grabbed it and like been transported to Jupiter or something. <laughs> yeah, and I think that is what happens, right? Someone picks it up like four seconds later and it's like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I can leave this planet. Um, before heading back to bed, Carter gets <laughs> gets I guess encounters a Thern in disguise and gets sent back to Earth without a medallion. <sighs> and then he's back in the gold cave. I think he gets sent back because of his medallion. I think yeah. someone picks it up. No, I thought it was no. It was definitely like a Thern doing it. Yeah. I thought he. I think I his, was under the impression. I, by the way, they timed it that it was like it was a Thern that sent it back, but like using the medallion that this Thern just uh, found. Which which is why it gets confusing. Is like, is there one medallion or many? Yeah, I'm guessing there's many for each. Yeah, Thern. up to this point in the movie, they've been saying the medallion. That's true. But what you were saying in the very silly conclusion of the movie they sort of imply that all Thern have at least one yeah and only one you can't get reissued one yeah <laughs> if you lose it that's it <laughs> um considering how important it is to the movie it's weird how they like never try to explain it or 
seemingly even have an idea of what the answer should be. No, no. Um, so we're back in the gold cave. It's just him because his buddy who died had turned into a skeleton. Which was like, how long was he in there then? Because yeah. if he turned into right. a skeleton, that would have been years. Wasn't yeah. It, wasn't it real time? Isn't it the time on? Isn't it? Is he, he's a copy. He's yeah. right. The same age. But and only somehow, two days have passed as far as being like a comical. I think it, because it was Disney, they couldn't show like a just a few days dead body. <laughs> So they had to use a Pirates of the Caribbean uh, prop. Yeah, to be, exactly. To be to go from like body to bones, that's a like that's years. at least twenty years. Yes. Twenty years. Like and probably more than that, because you you know like dead well, bodies have yeah. like skin on them for like <laughs> centuries. I mean. And hair, hair doesn't like go away at right. all. Yeah. Um. Okay. So back to the president. It turns out for the past ten years, Carter has been trying to get a like so on like. So present day, 10 years prior, he had been trying to figure out how to get back to uh, uh, to Basum. And he's trying to get this medallion from a thern. Turns out these guys have been following Carter because he knows too much. And I was like, they could have just killed him. Like he, but I guess then again, he knows that they could shapeshift so he doesn't trust anybody. And so I, and then... Mr. Burroughs is entrusted to protect Carter's body, we've, which we figured out in five seconds. Right. Um, and, uh, and then he figures out how to open the tomb. He does so and finds out that he's alive. And before his nephew gets killed, Carter ki- shows up and kills the Thern and takes his medallion. And then uh, John is sent back to Mars and credits. Yeah. And then I said, just realized what? that the fucking Arthur, author of the book wrote himself into the story. Yeah. Because he is the nephew. The Burroughs. Yeah. Eddie, what's his name? Ed, Ed, Edgar Burroughs. But they call him Ned. Yeah, Ned. Yeah. Ned. Oh, what the fuck? You didn't know that? I didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, let's take a break. You've got me. I surrender. Get duck. Jeddak. Jeddak. Tars Tarkas. Tars Tarkas. Captain John Carter. Virginia. 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 No. My name is John Carter. I'm from Virginia. Virginia. And welcome back. I hope you guys are still hanging on with us in this confusing ass fucking movie. And at this point, confusing we about it. <laughs> we we kind of cracked it right. Why? Yeah, they figured it out. Oh yeah. Um. So at this point, we do our trailers, and I'll go first, Justin. In a world where there's a cutesy boy who is basically Leonardo DiCaprio, but it's Taylor Kitsch playing his character in the set in the 1800s, but he's not a confederate because this is my movie. And he is trying to run from the Civil War draft because he doesn't want to fight any any wars because he's a young kid who's fun-loving and doesn't think that war should happen or whatever. Instead, he gets transported 
by some magical being to Mars. And then Brian Cranston, who's been chasing him this whole time to get into the Civil War, is also transported to Mars. And then this kooky adventure happens. It's basically Catch Me If You Can on Mars in a theater suit. Okay, your turn, Justin. Oh, boy. In a world, the Civil War rages on. One Confederate general finally takes it too far when he realizes that he's on the wrong side of history. Suddenly, he has a chance to redeem himself through a very logical and easy-to-understand series of events. He is transported, not copied like a telegram, but actually moved to the planet Mars, where a war, a parallel war, rages on. Only this time, he can be on the side of peace and freedom and equality for all. And he takes that opportunity and he redeems himself. Not to give away too much in our trailer, but uh, I think you're going to like where we take this movie. Coming soon. That was amazing. Three, a million times better than uh, what we just watched. <laughs> Give us money, Disney. This is what we're saying. And Brian Cranston's in the whole thing <laughs> and not Taylor Kitsch. Okay. Um, at this point, we're at the close. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Social media? Anything? You have a book, right? Like that Google. I have a book uh-huh. called uh, Autocomplete. Yes. Uh, that it's, uh, if you like funny Google searches uh-huh. and other internet miscellany, you should uh, pick it up from uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever books are sold. Tell them where they can follow you and stuff. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at uh, at Justin Hook. Awesome. And I'm pretty sure you're going to come out with a new uh, book that's just like John Carter. That's the autocomplete for everything. (laughs) You could have, we could literally write. Why is John Carter so confusing? (laughs) Why is John Carter lying all the time? Why is John Carter on the wrong side constantly? (laughs) Okay. um, And you can follow me at Mary HB Wynn. On Instagram, Twitter, you can also follow the show on all social media. Just go to our website. Everything's on there. It's inaworldpod.com. And like, subscribe, rate, review, all that jazz. Thank you so much. We love you. Goodbye. In a world.